When is it time to detach from someone? This is a question I get a lot when I'm connecting with you guys on social media, and it also came up with a client of mine, so I know that it's a question that a lot of highly sensitive people face and struggle with often. And what I usually get after receiving that kind of question is, well, what do I do when they don't respond well? So that's what we're talking about today. I have a lot to say about it, so let's just get into it. For those of you who are new here, welcome to the Calm Down Podcast, where I help you harness your sensitivity to overcome your energy leaks and strengthen your relationships with yourself and others. I'm your coach, Dominic. Let's get into it now. I'm going to cut to the chase and let you know that I'm not going to be talking about boundaries this entire episode. I've talked about it enough. You can binge all of the other episodes after you listen to this one. But in this episode today, I am strictly or solely focused on healthy detachment, which in my opinion is the strongest form of energy protection or one of the strongest forms any highly sensitive person will benefit from. And that's just based on the transformations that I've seen with my clients as well as the transformations I constantly experience, right? And I'll get into what healthy detachment is, so hold that thought. I want to address the question, how do I know when it's time to healthily detach from someone I care about? The reason why this this question is so important is because the people who can hurt us, drain our energy the most, and impact our lives the most in general are the people that we care about, the people who are closest um, to our heart space. So think family, friends, your partner, your favorite acquaintances in your social circles, in networking circles. And when I'm asked this question, my immediate response, like the answer that comes up right away is, well, when you lose sleep over them. And I get that hearing that for the first time may sound kind of harsh, Um, like you'd probably gladly lose some sleep over the the people that you care about, but healthily detaching from someone is not the same as communicating a boundary. In fact, you don't have to communicate anything at all when you're healthily detaching. Well, other than yourself, you got to communicate that with yourself and make that decision within you, but that's about it. That's the only person who really needs to know. So my official answer to that question is, You know it's time to healthily detach from someone when you experience an unharmonious energy exchange. And newsflash, that happens all of the time. And I'm gonna throw an example at you now. You could have one day woken up on the wrong side of bed, so to speak. Maybe compared to your partner who is all high energy one morning, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to take on the day, ready to share and just overall very high energy. While you may not be in the headspace to do that, you need to take your time to start your day. That is an unharmonious energy exchange, communicating and interacting with your partner. Two different energies and requiring different types of energy from each other. It's unharmonious. And so to deal with this, you either address it and let them know, hey, this is nothing personal, I'm just, I'm just, I can't give you the energy you need right now, I'm tired, I I need a second, I'm still waking up. Or, you know, what what happens most often, I would argue, is sometimes your your partner's just on the same page, your partner gets it. They see you, they're witnessing you, observing you, and they know the kind of mood that you're in. And ultimately, 
they're okay because they don't really need you to reciprocate that energy back at them, right? They're understanding in the moment. Or maybe it's you. You're the very understanding person, right? And my point being, unharmonious energy exchanges are so normal in our relationships and they pop up all the time. Uh, They're happening in big and small ways because no one can truly know what someone else is going through unless there's communication involved. And as a highly sensitive person, you are really good at noticing unharmonious energy exchanges and adapting immediately to them. And so you are probably the one that doesn't take it personally when it's low stakes like the example I just gave you because you're understanding and quick to adapt and give other people the benefit of the doubt, right? So if you're the partner in that situation, when your person tells you, hey, I'm sorry, I just don't have it in me to match you right now, you're probably like, oh, that's okay. Thanks for letting me know. And congratulations if you are that partner because you're a master at healthy detachment. That's all it is. And to be honest, most highly intuitive, highly sensitive women that I work with are masters at healthy detachment when it's low stakes. Now this brings me to the question that I got from my client the other day. She asked me, well, what do I do when a loved one doesn't respond to me or doesn't respond well to me healthily detaching or me communicating a boundary? And if you were to bring this question to social media or Google, you are probably going to be bombarded with thought leaders and the masses agreeing that you should cut them off and don't look back. They thrive off of you not having boundaries and that's a red flag. Hashtag protect your peace, hashtag protect your energy. And I know these responses like the back of my hand because I'm constantly seeing that. And I know that you are too. And the truth is most of the time I am in agreement because a lot of what these posts and these blog articles are talking about are extreme situations. That's what makes it a hot topic or go viral because with an extreme situation where you're dealing with a narcissist, you're around people who do not give a crap about your needs and never have, the answer is clear, easy, cut them off. But you know, and I know that we are not constantly surrounded by these types of people. And also anyone can be an energy vampire consciously or unconsciously, right? Your loved ones can be energy vampires at times, right? You can play the energy vampire in someone else's life without even knowing, because as I said in the beginning of the episode, we are never fully aware of what's going on in the inner worlds of other people. And even then, after communicating, we're probably getting an edited version anyway. So when your best friend, your romantic partner, or family member doesn't respond well to you setting a boundary or healthily detaching, it is optimal for you and your sensitivity to continue to healthily detach. Healthy detachment doesn't only look like not taking things personally and being this cool, calm, collected person all the time. F that, healthy detachment is detachment with compassion. That means stepping away from your attachment to that person and allowing space for them to exist as they are, even when they're not being your favorite version of themselves. It's allowing your loved one to be fully themselves outside of the role they play in your life. And that's hard to do at first. It's difficult because we all play a role in someone's life. 
I am a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm a coach and a mentor, I'm a caretaker to my pets and my plants, I'm a tenant, like it goes on and on and on. The roles we play in each other's lives are super important and you'd probably be unhappy if the conditions of those roles weren't being met. However, and this is a fair warning because I'm actually gonna reference Twilight, the book, not the movie, if you know, you know. But that scene in the book where Bella wakes up and she sees that Edward is all dressed up with a change of clothes, looking perfect and totally ready to be present with her and spend time with her. While she, on the other hand, is in no way, shape, or form ready to be comfortable socializing. She just woke up, hair's a mess, her breath stinks, she didn't brush her teeth, and she pauses. She looks at him and says, I need a human moment. Or maybe I messed that up. I'm, I'm going based off memory. I did not research this before. I don't have the books anymore. But that moment is usually what's required of us when the people we love are simply having a human moment. Bella, more or less, calls time out on her role as girlfriend, as Edward's role as her boyfriend, so that she can be Bella, the human person who has needs that she must tend to in order to show up in the relationship the way that she wants to. Okay, Twilight references aside. This is what we are achieving when we are healthily detaching and getting to a place where we can healthily detach in high stakes situations when we're in active conflict with the people that we love, when we're about to step into really uncomfortable conversations, when there is uncertainty and our mindsets and our cognitive distortions maybe creep up and lean our processing towards the negative. What healthy detachment offers us in those moments is a place of neutrality where negativity is not too far off reach but so is positivity. And we have autonomy over our responses to the situations that we're in. Like I said, it is really difficult when the conditions of the roles in our lives are not being met. It can even hurt our feelings, which is what makes this tool so life-changing. Not only being able to regard the person that you love with neutrality, allowing the space for them to be whoever they need to be and respond and react however they need to, but also extending that neutrality to ourselves, right? That's a hell of a lot of compassion that is being displayed. Compassion, that, that active word again, I love it because it is an action word. It's beyond empathy, it's beyond sympathy. It's embodying what is required for our sensitivity to serve us in these moments. And while I say that it is one of the toughest things for many people to accomplish, healthy detachment is the strongest form of sensitivity in relationships. Speaking on the benefits of being a highly sensitive person, you have access to this in a way other people do not, and you can take advantage. And this is how other people directly benefit from that. I know this is not a new concept that you've come across, but 
Embodying the thing is completely different, and that is something that I've seen time and time again. Highly sensitive, highly intuitive women that enter coaching containers with me master at the end of our three months together. So if that is something that you're interested in, I have three spots left for the rest of 2023 until I have availability in February. And maybe entering a sacred container right now is not in your list of priorities, but if you want to talk about joining me in February, we can also do that. I'll have a link to the application where you just give me some information and where you can learn more about what is included, prices, payment plans, because there's so much. And if you need a more flexible payment plan, you can always email me, but I am welcoming you to work with me in this sacred container so that you can master being grounded in your sensitivity in this way. Thank you so much for watching. If this was helpful at all, I encourage you to share this episode, whether you're listening to the audio version or if you're watching it on YouTube, liking it, subscribing, leaving a comment or sharing definitely lets me and the algorithm know that the show is full of value to you, which is my goal ultimately. All of my resources and links will be in the description box. I have enjoyed spending my time with you this week and I will see you next week.